I don't know about you, but I'm a big time participant in negative self-talk for better or worse. I do it. Played a lot of sports this weekend, some golf, played softball last night. And I realized that I am just full of negative self-talk. Yeah. It's not a healthy habit, but (laughs) unfortunately, uh, there's more negative than positive self-talk on my end. In, in sports like that, softball, one being a team sport, but golf, you're really close to your buddies. I find a lot of humor in it. I don't, I don't do it intentionally to berate myself, but it just kind of happens. Oh, oh yeah. No, I don't do it intentionally. No. I just find it comical sometimes. <laughs> no, also, I actually do do it intentionally. Sometimes I like to think that there might be a positive outcome of it. If I just go ahead and berate myself one good time, I might change my ways. Mason, has that ever been true? No, but I'm thinking maybe eventually <laughs> it might be. But but it but it won't. It won't though. One can only hope. What's what are you doing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> nothing. What are you doing? Not nothing. I'm preparing myself. I don't like what I see. I was doing I was doing breathing exercises that I learned about in class today. Oh bull crap. <laughs> You'd be a, shocked at the bull crap we're learning. Did y'all learn about four square breathing? No. I learned that kind of offhand. It wasn't taught in our class, but one of my professors, he liked it. It's actually really hard. I don't have the lung capacity to do it, but it's like you breathe. Are you, in. Wait, are you saying four square breathing? Four square, yeah. Like the game. Sort of, but it's more descriptive of the timing. Okay. And it creates a square. Can you at least give me an explanation of the squares? For sure, yeah. So you breathe in for four seconds, a really long, deep breath, hold it for four seconds, out for four seconds, really slow. You want to be empty by the time you reach the end of four seconds, hold for four seconds. Oh, okay. There's your square. Okay, so it's just about timing. Oh okay. yeah, I've, I I've like done, that. I feel better after that one breath. Really, I've done it with patients. You're supposed to do it for like two to five minutes, but yeah. I truly don't have the lung capacity to do it. Something I learned about deep breathing exercises. You have you ever heard of Wim Hof? I haven't. Um, he's this guy who does these crazy feats of, I guess you could call it athleticism or superhumanism. I don't know. I just made up that word, but like he, <laughs> he like, he's a big proponent of breathing and cold water therapy. Really? And like he, like he, I think he, um, hiked Mount Everest with, um, with no oxygen. Um, he's just done a lot of crazy stuff, but the reason I bring him up is because, um, today in, in one of my lectures, when I was learning about the breathing stuff, um, for meditation, uh, they were making a connection between breathing and the lymphatic system. And whenever you take a really big breath, it opens up negative pressure in the uh, thorax. Yeah. And what that does is it allows um, lymph, like lymph to flow upwards to the heart more effectively. And the reason that's effective is um, you need lymph flow in order for your immune system to function properly. Of course, yeah. And 
so I didn't know that deep breathing was actually important in lymph uh, lymph fluid. Dude, that's nutty. Yeah, and the and okay, I don't. I guess I haven't tied that into Wim Hof yet. What he's been saying all these years was that his breathing techniques have prevented people from getting um, bacterial infections and other diseases. And then they even put a lot of his uh, students, you could call them, um, on this test where they would like inject them with um, it, some kind of toxin slash um, bacteria that would 100% give any normal person an infection. But none of these people got it. It's kind of crazy. That might be the nuttiest thing you could have told me. Yeah. There's so many legs of meditation and deep breathing that connect to overall health. Yeah, more than you would think. Because when you get into meditation and deep breathing, you get into like improvements in mental health. And then you kind of see this link between mental health and physical activity. And that people kind of... that participate more in physical activity or more mentally healthy and they also yeah. don't get sick as much yeah that's no, crazy that holy crap it's kind of crazy yeah that, anyways welcome to episode two of unprepared that's <laughs> sick yeah um i don't know how we even got on that uh, i couldn't tell you yeah i'm not upset about it though it's very interesting yeah for sure that i mean uh, i think that's going to help my practice anyways yeah a lot of the things that you do as a physical therapist will be similar to some of the things that I'm learning about now yeah. in osteopathic medicine. Anyways, uh, not to go down that tangent, but I wanted to bring up your favorite golfer, Bryson DeChambeau. Thank goodness. Making the rounds. Um, I think you should be happy about what happened. I'm um, happy that I saw the number on the card, but don't know the story, so I'm hoping I can hear it. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail because I know this isn't like a golf podcast, but I thought it was funny that um, you opened up the pod with your hate for him. And yeah. then shortly after this story came out and it's kind of making the rounds, Bryson DeChambeau, who a lot of people love, a lot of people hate, made a 10 um, Heck yes. in, in Charlotte. And what was funny about it was that as a uh, a part of this tin that he made, he had his ball up against the fence, and <laughs> he was he was asking for a rules official to come and basically tell him if he could move the ball uh, or to go to the other end of the fence to where he could play it. And the rules official said no. And then Bryson said, "Are you kidding me? Can I get a second ruling, please?" <laughs> and the That's rules official. Comical. The well, the rules official turned away, and he was smirking, <laughs> and he called his—I don't know who he called, but I guess his um, whoever his supervisor was. And the guy, the supervisor, was like, "Nope, that's just the rule." <laughs> <laughs> yes. And get this, Bryson uh, came back at the rules official and said, "Well, what about what you did with uh, Phil Mickelson at the ninth hole last year?" No and way. He, he brought up some yes, and I was like, "This Dude. is just so something that Mason would God, I hate use as an example." Oh my gosh! Oh, you think I would use an example as an example of why you hate him? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant me bringing up something in the past, which I probably would do, but yeah. Gosh, that guy's such but, a nutsack. Yeah. 
anyways. Mm. But yeah. Um so you sent me some examples of things that you might want to talk about. Oh yeah, and they're all over the map. Yeah. Well, I'm cool with it. I mean, that's kind of like how I was last time, so. Yeah. I think a good one would be the quarantine that we we went through. We're not so much under yeah. it now, but I mean, the whole pandemic has affected everybody. Yeah. Far and wide. I think it would be good to address maybe wins and failures of the quarantine. Wins and failures. Well, the biggest like the biggest win for me right now is that I haven't strangled my wife. <laughs> is she there? <laughs> is she in the uh, room with you? No, nah, she well, I mean our house is small enough to be one room, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's been fine. Um we've been really busy just because we were, uh, you know, we bought a house and we've been renovating it. So that, you know, that kind of helps with the whole business part. So I'm not going as stir crazy as I would, but are are you working on the house every single day? Well, I was, I mean, I guess I still, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I started med school last week and, um, since then I haven't really had much time, but before then it was definitely every single day. Okay. So Just, you're you're now a homeowner. What's been the hardest home project that you've came across? The bathrooms, probably. What specifically? So, our main bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So so we bought this house, and it was a it was built in 1972, and you know it had like old outdated tile and, and of course everything it had wallpaper i mean everything is just bad so we're like you yeah. know what we're gonna rip out the whole thing you know usually that's no big deal you go in there with a sledgehammer break up the tile haul it out <laughs> no no issue okay just tear crap up mason i can swing a sledgehammer <laughs> now all right so what i'm about to tell you what's your swing should, speed with a sledgehammer i don't know it's high enough <laughs> i'll say it's high enough okay but um, I sling at this tile floor, and nothing happens. I mean, there was a small little crack in the tile floor. And I was like, this is tile, right? Like, this isn't, you know, just t- solid iron, right? You got well, married. It went soft. No, it wasn't that. There was six inches of solid concrete under this tile. Holy crap. And I was like... What, the the only the only way I found that out was having to break up like inch by inch of of the concrete. So wait, you that took was, the, why do why do we want to take the concrete out? Is that not like the foundation? Because we had to get to the subfloor because we had to see if it was rotted, and yes, of course it was rotted. So we had to replace the whole subfloor. Yeah, so it was it was an ordeal, but we eventually got it, and now it looks nice. So Mason, big news. What's up? You're an engaged man. I am. That was that has to be my biggest win of the quarantine slash pandemic. Yeah, you're a fiance now. Yeah, I'm a fiance. Uh yep. that probably for two full days now, three full days, I guess. It's kinda tight. Been a long time coming. It, oh, whew, long time coming, yeah. And I couldn't be more excited about it, to be truthful. I thought that you're um I don't know how much level of detail you want to get into but the well i guess yeah i'll ask you what did you say 
what was your what was your what was your question to her so what was funny we did that little mock recording i say mock recording we were trying to re- record a podcast and didn't come anywhere near it on saturday before it because we just weren't in the yeah. mindset and i told you that i was going to say something and i got nowhere close to it what i said yeah. was <laughs> on saturday evening when i asked krista to marry me i said i'm tired of living without you Chris, I love you. Will you marry me? I, I mean, listen, I thought it was great. Honestly, I, it, I like it better than what I told you I was going to say. I do too. And I am and I think the reason why I like it is I know the history between, between you two. Yeah. And I know what that meant. Yeah. Because, like, there's been a lot of thought put into it. I know just because I'm your friend and I listen to you. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like it was the most fitting thing to say. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of conversations over the years, and I agree with you that that was the most heartfelt thing I could have said, given the circumstance. I mean, there I could have went on a monologue, but I would have stuttered and probably ended up throwing up. If you could explain or describe your and Krista's relationship in one word, what would you use? Oh, man. one word. Wow. Uh, or or a phrase. Or a phrase. That's fine. Enduring, I guess. Enduring. Okay. Um, that sends a message. Yeah, it does. Because, I mean, is we started dating nine years ago, so she's endured a lot, for better or worse. I mean, she, we've both seen a lot of life change over the course of just us dating, not engagement, not marriage. And so yeah. we've endured a lot, and it's been a lot of fun. We've grown, and so going. I mean, it's un, it's it's pretty uncommon for high school sweet sweethearts to stay together and get married. For sure. So I I'm consider I consider myself one of the luckiest people on this earth. Man, shout out to Krista. Yeah. Brownie points right there. She's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I've known you guys a long time. I think you yeah. guys it's 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 been a long time coming, but I never want I hope you never felt pressured by me. Maybe you did at some point jokingly, but uh I always wanted you to to go at your own pace and and do it whenever whenever you wanted to cuz I know you yeah. were receiving a lot of pressure from probably a lot of people uh, to the, do it. The pressure was relentless and I've not once have I ever considered you being the one to pressure me. You've probably been one of the more understanding friends. Not to gas you probably, up, but yeah. I mean, me and no, you, don't gas me up. No, me and you walk through a lot of similar struggles and especially like mental struggles, and so you've understood a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, like especially for somebody who sets the bar as high as you do. Like you're a very ambitious person, um, and so the idea of having to fulfill the role of being a good husband is probably one of the more daunting tasks that you'll ever face. Oh yeah. Probably second to having a child. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, even want to think about that. No, that's I don't either. But um but yeah man, congrats. I appreciate of, that. That's huge. Yeah. Um another win. I or do you want to keep talking about that or do we want to shift gears? Yeah, we we can shift gears. That's fine. Okay. Um, another win that I've had is I started taking golf lessons. I swallowed my okay, pride. Yeah. Have they been? Have you had to go take a a few steps back before going forward? Oh, uh, it it got worse. 
for sure. Yeah. But it, I've heard that many times. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I, I think the win itself was me swallowing my pride. And then when I started the golf lessons, I haven't necessarily won yet. I got, I tied my personal best. I shot an 80, but since then I've shot in the nineties a couple of times. So I'm still grinding. I'm working on my craft. Yeah, trying to trying to adjust from that baseball swing, right? Yeah, you just try and implement a lot of things that feel uncomfortable, and that's the daggum hardest thing to do. See, I sucked at baseball, so it was less of an adjustment <laughs> for me. <laughs> I was mediocre at best, I think. Yeah, especially what? if you ask I mean, my high school coach. <laughs> well, I mean, your your swing speed is impressive. <laughs> well, thank the you. other day thank when you. we were playing, you were smashing. Well, thank you, Bo. Bo, I, the guy that I've been working with, and I've taken a lot of tips from other guys as well, but I finally got to hit on a track man with Bo, and I was asking him about my swing speed. Is like, do I want to keep it where it's at? Do I need to try harder or do I need to try less? He was like, don't think about your swing speed. He's like, your swing speed is plenty. Yeah. And I was unaware of that. I didn't know that I had a high swing speed. Oh, well above average. Which is kind of cool. I mean, what's, I, what's I guess I'm a grown speed? man. Like, what What are you like? One fifteen? I I don't know. I've never. I haven't seen my driver swing on a track man. Yeah. Like that. I've seen my seven iron, and it's it was like ninety one, ninety two. I don't. I don't even know irons. Like I, I don't know how he, I that would translate. He but. assured me that that was relatively high, and that I shouldn't yeah. think about it. Yeah. No, you definitely shouldn't. You, I mean, you have a good swing. We were talking about this the other day about how you're so sick of hearing people tell you that you have a good swing yeah, and I, not, not seeing the God, results. I hate that. I get that all the time. Patrick yeah. does it to me. and At I, least you get it. I never get yeah, that. Yeah, I love that joker to death, and I look up to him a lot, and he's like, your swing looks really good. And it's like, well, Patrick, mm -hmm. a good-looking swing is not going to give me lower scores. I played yeah. with – me and Kristen went out to Oxmore. I think it was like last fall. And we, I was just walking, and she wanted to hang out with me. I ended up running into guys that played at Samford. And they were like, come on, just play with us. And I was so nervous because I just consider anybody that plays in college elite, whether they actually are or not, is beyond me. But they were like, your swing looks really good. And I was just grinding my nuts off to shoot below 100. <laughs> and I was like, don't yeah. tell me that. It doesn't matter. I, a lot of people can relate for sure. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. I let's wanted to hear your, um, well, I'm a terrible storyteller, so I'm going to let you tell it, but okay. this past year we went to Whistler, BC. Yeah. And, um, probably one of the better snowboarding trips I've ever taken. Oh, for sure. I mean, just because, I mean, the town, it's, mm -hmm. it's gorgeous up there, um, but we got into a little bit of a, a backwoods situation. Uh, frightening. Yeah. Frightening frightening for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought anyways, continue your question. Set it up. Well, I was I well, okay, I'll set it up and I'll let you tell the story. So um it was our last day, correct? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, it was our last day. So that's important for the story because um we were kind of trying uh we were trying a trail out that really wasn't even a trail uh mm -hmm. and we probably wouldn't do that uh unless it was the last day right um, for a number of reasons but uh we meet up with this random guy mm -hmm. and uh we were at the top of basically at, at the top of one of the trails at the top of the mountain essentially mm -hmm. 
uh, where we decide that, you know, we're going to go down the mountain with this guy, and I'll let you pick up from there. Okay. Um, for anyone that wants to fact check, we were in seventh heaven. I believe it was on Blackcomb at Whistler Blackcomb. And it was me, Maynard, and Esmond. And Will was with us, kind of. He had never really skied before, and he took ski lessons anyways. He went with us towards this area but did not go through the expert trails on 7th Heaven with us. So there were several of us, and we took the lift to the top and came back down. We're going back up. We were just going to run this out until 4 o'clock when the lifts close. So I called Will. and was like, hey, don't come. Don't meet us back because – it's frightening up here. It's the scariest thing you'll ever see. You get to the top and the wind is absolutely whipping. What well, I can't even put a number. It had to be at least forty miles an hour. At least I mean, I, mean, I don't I really know, but I no, I don't think you're so much. It was, was blowing snow on one side of the poles and was piling up. So there's ice just creating sheets off to one side of everything. And if yeah. you want to see it i will send you pictures of it it was mind-boggling like the way everything looked with all this ice and there was so much fog you couldn't see and we these were trails we had never ridden before we were scared to death and on the way up we met this guy named riley he was from i think australia it was and yeah and so we're with riley and riley had moved from australia to whistler to to snowboard so he's this little, he called himself a park rat and he wasn't riding with any friends. He was riding by himself. And so it was us four. And they had this little area that created this wind lip on the mountain, which is a natural. Explain to the folks what a wind lip yes. is. So a wind lip <laughs> is where wind is blowing like it was 40 to 50 miles per hour up this mountain. It creates this little, almost like a quarter pipe ramp. It's just this yeah. big kicker, yeah. a natural kicker for a snowboard or skis to jump. It was really sick. I didn't know those things existed. But you can ex- absolutely bomb this thing, and it's kind of crazy. And so we were going to do that, and we were riding around with Riley, and he's asking us all kind of typical or stereotypical, really, questions about the South, about us eating cornbread with everything, if we drank sweet tea, all that crap. All of it was true. Yeah, oh, for sure. All of it's true. I ate cornbread yeah. with my dinner. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so <laughs> we're riding around, and he's like, oh, dude, let's take this back country. And we're like, okay, whatever. So we go through these trees past the wind lip, and we're starting to go down, and we kind of lose Esmond. And keep in mind that it's, it's now 4.15. Lift's closed at 4. No, that's not true. The lift's closed at 4. It's roughly 3.15 going on 3.30. Well, anyway, it was our last yeah. run. So it was our last yeah. run. We had to get, we were on Blackcomb. We had to get back to Whistler, which is the neighboring mountain, essentially. These two these two mountain faces look at each other. So we had to go mm-hmm. through the valley across into Whistler and then get the back The valley to, of death. Right, is what it is. You, <laughs> it's out of bounds territory. So if you get in there, you're not going to make it out. You have to hike out. They send in the cadaver dogs. You're basically dead. Yeah. Um, which is an exaggeration, but so you're that, going through all these trees. It's completely accurate. <laughs> you're going through all these trees and Esmond gets lost. And we're, so we're sitting at the top of one of these expert runs with Riley, this Australian, it's me and Maynard, who had been to Black Home before, but never Seventh Heaven. 
And so we're calling Esmond, calling Esmond, calling Esmond. I can't tell you how many times we called him and he did not answer his phone. And so that's because I was lost. Right. On a mountain you've never seen before. That is absolutely might be the biggest in North America. And someone can check that, whatever. So we're waiting on Esmond to peer over the mountain and he just never does. And so we're facing, you know, that what? I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I just want to put you in perspective of how I felt. You know that feeling like when you first get lost in the grocery store when you're a little child? <laughs> yeah. Of just pure terror, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Imagine that for almost an hour. <laughs> God bless. Like I was... I was So scared. I was truly lost. Yeah. But anyways, sorry, well, good We thought... Anyway, we're sitting there with Riley and he's like... Dude, if he doesn't show up soon, we better just go, man. We're going to get left out here. We're like, okay, so we have that decision of do we leave our friend who is nowhere to be found or do we go look for him, which we're going to exhaust ourselves and not make it back to the cabin. So naturally, we made the decision that I think everybody would make, and that's leave your friend because screw him. Yep. Yeah. We left me, right? Yeah. You just left me. Well, we needed Riley because Riley knew the backcountry and we didn't. <laughs> and so, <laughs> no, you made the right decision. So, I'm just picking on you. Riley tears out. And we're trying to keep up with this Australian park rat, as he calls himself, just flying. By the way, he was he was better than all of us. So. Oh, no doubt, yeah. he was better. So he's going through all these trees, down these trails that we had never seen before, if you can call them trails. So we're trying to keep up with him. He ends up losing us. It ends up being like a 20-minute 20, 20 snowboard ride back to Whistler. And is just this whole ordeal that drug out for 30 minutes, and I don't know where Esmond is in the backcountry of Whistler back, Blackcomb. Yeah. He calls well, me while on the on the <laughs> ski lift and was like, yep, I'm back in the village. I'm like, screw you, dude. We're on the ski lift. Wait, you're talking lift. about Will or me? I'm talking about you. You called me while okay, we were on that okay. ski lift because yeah. you said you went to that same village and had to walk back. Yeah, I was a little upset. You pick that up and tell them how far you walked. Oh, from from that village? I mean, it was it was it. I mean, it's not going to sound like much because whatever. I think it was a little over a mile in snowboard boots carrying a snowboard. But I was in yeah, I was carrying my snowboard boots and I was and I was uh yeah, carrying my snowboard or whatever. And I was exhausted from that run, but yeah, cuz it was a 30-minute run. Yeah. Did I ever explain to you how I even got lost? Nope, I have no idea. I was in the back of the pack, okay? Well, yeah. And and we were playing basically follow the leader with Riley in front, who is just this Australian dude who apparently Australians are good at snowboarding. Didn't know that. Who knew? But um, he's tearing it up, and I'm just this average guy who's a little bit too tall to be on a snowboard. <laughs> a little too tall. A little bit. Um, little, I was a little off kilter, and... <laughs> You know, Riley goes down this really hard part of the trail that's not even a trail. And I end up losing speed because you have to carry your speed over certain sections because the powder was so deep. I mean, it was like it, at least knee high, sometimes waist high in certain, in certain points. It was and I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, it was not. Um, so if you slow down too much, you're just going to fall into the powder. So you have to maintain speed. Well, yeah. I lost speed. Yeah, I was just trying I, to I, eat I, Riley's jacket the entire time. Yeah, well, that was the smart thing to do. Um, and so uh, I dug into the snow, and I had to take my, my board off and, and then walk out, which that alone took 15 minutes probably <laughs> to 
to get to a point where I could put my board back on and go down a hill because I had to walk up the hill, you know? Yeah, through like knee-deep um, snow again. Yeah, I mean, it was exhausting. And then on the way down the mountain, of course, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm literally just going down, trying not to kill myself, and I end up falling just repeatedly just because I don't know where I'm going. I don't feel confident, and the powder's so deep. Well, I get down to the bottom, and I realize that I'm at the wrong side of the mountain completely. Yeah. And and um, that's where I decided I had to pick up and, and walk back. But, yeah, I definitely uh, – it was an experience uh, fending myself from the from the wolves and the bears out there. In the black cone backcountry. Yeah, trying to stay alive. But I think, I'd, I think my beard grew longer. I don't think people are going to understand – the magnitude of that situation well you would have to see and be like on the side of a mountain it's hard for southerners to yeah get like how that's not something you, you can are. even fathom yeah it's like oh, so they were unless just at some been, resort uh, yeah no these mountains are massive and if you get lost on one it's uh it's a serious situation so yeah. but anyways i made it out and uh it was a good time <laughs> it's a serious situation <laughs> but i made it out with ease don't worry about me 100 percent gonna go back no problem for sure. Yeah. So, but but that was fun. Oh my god, I thought you were dead. Yeah, I thought I was too. <laughs> yeah. I got pictures of me, Maynard and Riley, maybe even a video of us sitting there trying to call you. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen them. I'd need to send them to you cuz he's sitting there with his little jacket that's got the fishtail in the bottom and which I yeah. thought was like kind of like a female thing, but Yeah, I guess not so. to like make a sexist comment about jackets but i think typically it is about women's snowboard fashion having whatever oh yeah i thought we were in rough water after episode one for making the comments about females not having as many hobbies oh yeah but my mom agreed and rosalie agreed ah, i i think those are two very important to have agree about that type of comment yeah those were the only really two female opinions i cared about who did so. you think you'd be in hot water with those two specifically um, mainly Rosalie. Okay. <laughs> She's smirking at me right now. <laughs> Am I still in hot water with Rosa? Um, I don't know. Rosa, is Mason still in hot water with you? Rosa, it's not bad to be <laughs> emotional. Rosa wants to say something, but she has no idea what you said. That explains a lot about her. Like, she, she, she's just so fiery right now. Yeah. It's her red hair. Anyways. Oh, chill. <laughs> That's going to be... Oh, man, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, What else was on that so, list? Well, I mean, you texted it to me. I thought you had it memorized. Yeah. No, it wasn't memorized. That was something that I kind of panicked and threw together. Yeah. Um, um, basically, in short, the reason why this podcast is what it is is first and foremost, I have to give a shout out to Seth and his brother, Alex, for kind of jumping out in front and doing a podcast. I have the utmost respect for them. Me yeah. and Esmond have talked about for years recording our conversations just to listen to because in years to come, we're going to find them really funny that just the things we talk, to, talk about. Because like we said on episode one, or at least one of the episode ones that we recorded, whether it was the one we released or not... <laughs> Yeah, we've had like five. Yeah, we move in and out of deep conversations rather quickly. 
but yeah. we also talk about naturally funny things oftentimes and then we also have stories and so we want to be able to capture those and look back on those and so we always talked about recording those and having Seth and Alex do what they did with their podcast my brother's podcast it sort of inspired us it's like hey we can do that and so yeah. let's do it Esmond's yeah and Seth Seth is another person who definitely was meant to do yeah podcast. for sure he his ability. And I, I didn't know Alex very well, but listening to him, he definitely is made for it too. Yeah, they both converse very well. Um, but um, but anyways, yeah, shout out my brother's podcast. They're yeah. doing they're doing a good job. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, I feel like for a while we always knew each other. You know, it's funny. I think I might have uh, I might have told you this, but whenever you were whenever we were kids and we played baseball. Mm-hmm. We were on the same team a couple of times. Yeah, but I sure. remember we played on the, we played on the Giants. Nope, never been on the Giants. The Pirates, I mean. Yeah, it was the Pirates. Um, with Seth actually. Our, yeah, Seth's Seth was on the was team. The coach. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Randy. Um, but I remember you were a little bigger than all of us <laughs> at the time, as most of my and life. Yeah, yeah. We can get into that a little bit too, but. Uh, you yeah, I just remember you as the guy who always hit dingers. <laughs> okay, but I never really spoke to you. I just yeah, you like, want to talk. First I was impressions. always I was envious of you because I sucked <laughs> at hitting. I thought I saw Abby. Well, I did see Abby in the stands, but when I saw her, I thought that was your girlfriend. Now, as like an eight, nine, ten year old, I don't know why that was my first assumption, but I thought you and Abby were dating. And so She's I was such a dork. I was a little awkward on, on the inside. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're and and that awkwardness around Abby has carried oh, on to this day. Hasn't left yet. Speaking of Abby, <laughs> small side note while we're talking about um well, we'll get back on 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 track, but Abby texted me and she said that um she had told my mom weeks ago that me and you should start a podcast. No freaking way. Because she thought that knowing your personality and knowing me that we would just i don't know have some funny conversations or some interesting conversations and so i just thought it was funny how she said that weeks ago abby has a weird thing let's just talk about my sister for a little bit (laughs) abby is a very she has the strange ability to pick up on people and their true intentions I've She's heard, very good at reading people. I've heard you and Avery talk about that. Yeah, I mean, what I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Right. Um, there's just been multiple instances where we've been around a certain person, and she just knew immediately with no uh, obvious indication that that person was uh, not a good person. She just knew it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a weird, divine, spiritual gift, maybe. There was a person, I'm not going to name names, but there was a person in my family who um, (laughs) would later turn out to cause lots of problems within the family. That's kind of spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I'm not going to name any names, Um, but Abby, as a probably seven-year-old, talked to my mom. Not only did she have the feeling about did this person. Did you say person, a seven-year-old? Seven or eight-year-old. I, I kid you not. Oh she was God. a child. Um, not only had these feelings about this person, but voiced it to my mother and said, hey, uh, I don't, I'm not going to paraphrase, but 
you know, I have a bad feeling about mm-hmm. this person and you need to look out for her. And, um, I just thought that that was crazy because I mean, it turned out to be true. And then mo- since then it's been so many times where she's done something like that. Unbelievable. So I don't know if, if you're listening to this, if you have that ability or, you know, somebody like that, but she's the only one I know that can do that. Can we talk about it? Whoever, what do you mean? like, I'm just, I'm speaking to that person that you're talking to, too. If you have okay. that ability, I want to talk to you. Oh, okay. I got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sawyer has that ability. Abby's, oh, dude. Abby's firstborn yeah. child. She's yeah, like, I think she how does. old is Sawyer? Uh, she's one. She cries just about every time me and me or Patrick Kelly is in the room. That's because you're a terrible person. She's a little she suspect of us. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, she needs to hone her ability. She hasn't quite sharpened it yet. She just knows to she's, be skeptical yeah, of people, one. but she doesn't know who yeah. yet. Yeah, she's just very scared. You know, she doesn't like to. She it takes a while to warm up to her. I think but. she. I think she knows to be suspect of guys that look better than Trey, her dad. <laughs> <laughs> so she chose me and Patrick. Uh, man. <laughs> I hope Trey listens. To I hope this. so too. We're gonna have to have Trey on for <laughs> sure. Um, He'll be on, no doubt. There's a lot of people I want to have on, but he's he's definitely at the top of the list. Um, he and and Tanner Vines, yeah, as for well, sure. Who was who was on my brother's podcast today? I, I listened to it; it was really good. Was it good? But anyways, we we're going on a big tangent. Yeah. What we were talking about was our friendship, mm-hmm. how how we started. Mm-hmm. That was my first earliest memory of you was um, baseball. Yeah like t-ball or whatever yeah but then we didn't become close friends until um, late high school early college yeah we had we had one math class together i think and we used to compare math scores but we still (laughs) weren't even friends we just yeah no we just compared who scored better on a i guess pre-algebra no it wasn't pre-algebra algebra algebra test or something something stupid like that and it wasn't until the mission trip that we really tore down barriers because we were both in yeah. relationships at that point, and we thought 10 days was a long time to spend away from a significant other, so we talked about it at great length. Yeah, and it was, um, it was, <laughs> wow, it's such an awkward memory. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but We had so much fun, though, on that mission trip. We went to, um, we went to Ecuador, and uh, it was me, Mason, and just a, like all of our friends yeah. went. All like our closest everybody. friends were on that mission. All of trip. our closest friends went, and um, yeah, we uh, for whatever reason. Oh, I remember, we were li- you had your um, <laughs> your iPod or whatever. Yeah, it might have been your phone. It was probably your iPod at that time. Yeah, I probably didn't have a phone nice enough to do that. Yeah, yeah, and and you were listening to I think a day to remember. That sounds about right. Or probably some kind of pop punk on a mission trip. As per usual, yeah. yes, on a mission trip, yeah, and uh, and <laughs> we were sharing headphones yeah. on the bus, listening to pop punk or whatever it was, yeah. and we talked about music for a good bit. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and then th- that kind of sparked it all. We ended up going to Tuscaloosa a couple times together to see Jacob Maynard. Yeah, we wrestled. Yeah, we nonstop wrestled. I quit wrestling you recently because it's a very strange memory. Yeah. Wait, what? What did you say? Nah, because what? No, I was just gonna. Because what? I'm were you about to gas me up? No, <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna gas you up. I was just gonna say that you outweigh me because you would like lose twenty pounds because you would lose. Like that. No, I'm just not the same frame that I used to be. <laughs> That's it. 
<laughs> it's not because you're better than me. What's no, no, no. Uh, let's talk about why you're not the same frame because that's that is hilarious. Okay, on said mission because it has to do with Ecuador, right? That mission trip, <laughs> I must have drank the water or drank chicha or I can't remember the name of the drink. I think that was it. Um, gosh, what is it called? It was some chicha. native, little native drink. I I'm not gonna blame chicha. It was the water. Go ahead. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking. Yeah, I I essentially got hepatitis A. And was sick for a couple of months. When I came back, I was throwing up a lot and ended up losing about 40 pounds in three or four months. Had to drink water and eat healthy for the rest of the year, and I shed a bunch of weight. And so now I'm half the man I used to be. Well, you, you told that <laughs> in a more concise way than I've heard in the past. Oh, yeah. But Normally yeah, I carry it on for a happened. long time. Yeah. No, the drink is called chicha and it's it made from uh, yeah, if you've never heard of chicha, this is pretty disgusting. Uh Hey, don't do that one to way, them. I'm just saying, man. Uh one way to make chicha is to chew on corn or whatever the the um plant is. I think there's other plants that you can make make it with, but mm-hmm. to chew on it and then spit the remaining water out and let it mm. ferment. And you Gosh. drink that. I'll never forget. <laughs> they handed me the bowl first, and Chris Parker mm. was like nudging me. He's like, do it, do it, do it. And I'd take this thing up, and something floats and hits my teeth because I'm just not guzzling it, but I took a big gulp, and it hit me, and I was like, what is floating around in this? And I'm making just the most awful face, and he punches me in the ribs. He's like, you can't do that. That's disrespectful. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but that's the worst thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember them explaining the yeah. chi- the chicha while we were on the bus, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, what am I going to do to not drink this? And I remember pulling up to wherever we were. I think it was a uh, like a church that we were painting or yeah. something like that. With Senior Paint. Yeah, Senior Paint. And um, I remember like hanging back at the bus for whatever reason, maybe I, maybe I said I was, I forgot something on the bus or something. Right. But anyways, I remember watching all of y'all. Oh, you like, never tried it? Are you serious? No, no. Absolutely. I, went, I never gosh. even went over there. That's messed I up. never even walked over there. Mason. I thought you were ride or die. <laughs> well, not well, at that at point. At that point, you were You're right. You're right. For, for the record, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. But, it, it was oh, yeah. either the chicha or the water or the mystery meat that me and Tanner ate in the street. Yeah. Did you eat but, any I mean, of that? Yeah, I did, actually. I did eat some of the mystery meat. I'm just going to tell that story real quick okay. right here at the end. Yeah, so go for it. when we were in Ecuador, the number one ground rule was don't drink the water, don't rinse your toothbrush, and don't like buy anything off the street, basically. Because there's a lot of bacteria and stuff in, in the food and water down there. And the locals have an enzyme in their stomach. They've kind of like evolved over time to where they can digest it. But Americans, but we don't. yeah, we're not exposed to that type of stuff. So we don't have that ability. And so me, Tanner, and Esmond buy sh- this mystery street meat while we were downtown getting ice cream one night. And we thought it'd be hilarious. And we were going to eat this meat and don't know what it was it tasted okay for the record i never had any side effects from it no i didn't either but tanner got word got out that we tried it but mostly tanner paid for it and ate the most of it and so 
Brother Steve, the guy that we were with in Ecuador, plus Jamin Grubbs and Chris Parker and all of them, had this big joke planned out that they were going to get Tanner and made this big ordeal that it was like a medical emergency that he go to the hospital and he's going to have to get this series of injections in his stomach at the bare minimum, maybe even like his stomach pumped. And Tanner, I think this is a HIPAA violation, right? It, maybe. Sorry, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't officially a patient, right? I'm kind of joking. You kind of got also, my face is turning red. Is. I was like, "Oh crap, <laughs> it's going to be on my butt." <laughs> and Tanner freaked out a little bit. It was it was comical. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So you lost like how much weight? I lost forty pounds with hepatitis A. Forty pounds. Krista tells people it was C, but it was A. And then I lost <laughs> I lost twenty more in PT school because my roommate was a health nut. Yeah. But I love him to death. He he changed my life and my nutrition. So shout out to Andrew. Yeah, so you're complete it's, you're almost unrecognizable. I I am. I went back to high school. Well, that was a funny statement. I went back to Garndale to get a transcript when applying to PT school. And one of the ladies at the desk, which happened to be one of my classmate graduating class, she she was in 2012. Her mom was a counselor and was like, yeah, what year do you graduate? I was like, 2012. She was like, honey, that was four years ago. I was like, I know. I'm I'm Mason. <laughs> Your daughter's Casey. And she's like, holy crap. But... I kind of like that it. That must be a good feeling. It, it is. It's. I've always wondered what it feels like to be overweight and then not be overweight. It's so and satisfying. See somebody's reaction. I, I told people in high school that I wanted to see what the other side was like and be called skinny or scrawny or whatever. I I don't consider myself scrawny, but other people have called me that, and it's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Well, you're not scrawny, definitely, but you're on this. On you're definitely lean. I would say yeah. you're lean I've, because. Your arms, like you can see veins in your arms. You would, you never did that in high school. That was a life goal. I wanted vascularity yeah. so bad. <laughs> I wanted vascularity. <laughs> I did. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I made it. Oh, man. You wanted vascularity. I made it Holy with, crap. with nature's weight loss. Hepatitis A. The difference... The, <laughs> I just, that's hilarious. That's such a funny statement. Yeah, it's like its like a prescription that you, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a carrier for life, but <laughs> well, do you have an idiom or I have the idioms. Do you have a paradox of the day um, or is that too go on ahead the spot? With, go ahead with your idiom. I, I, I can find one. Mine's not so I much down. an idiom no one's heard. It's more an explanation of one or a potential explanation. I don't know if it's verified, but kicking the bucket I think the French word resembles bucket but you would hang a pig by its feet from a wooden board and that wooden board was called like some French word that resembles bucket and when they'd slaughter the pigs they would shake and their feet would be hitting that board and so they're kicking the bucket when they die what? yeah that's what some sources have told me I've never heard of this. Yeah. So now you know what kicking the bucket, like the origin of it. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the, um, I, I don't know if there's an actual name for this one, mm-hmm. but uh, a heterological word is one that does not describe itself. So does hetero, the word heterological describe itself? This one's kind of tough. 
like a heterological word. Do I need to okay. break that out? Break that down into like root words, hetero, and I guess logic. I let me just read this. Please do. Okay, so I don't have to exert that much brain power. Okay, an example of a heterological word is verb, which is not a, a which is not itself a verb, as opposed to the word noun, which is itself a noun. Okay. Right? So right. another example is long, which is not a long word, as opposed to short, which is a short word. So a heterological word is one that does not describe itself, which I guess goes to show I'm just using deduction here. A homological word probably does describe itself. Right. So the paradox is, does a heterological word describe itself by itself being heterological because it doesn't because it doesn't describe itself so it's kind of like a, a like a circle like a cycle right it's like a paradox why do paradoxes <laughs> make me feel so uncomfortable i don't know I think, but this one was i think so hard i start to fidget yeah i don't know i kind of like it though <laughs> this one was this one was put out by bertrand russell okay shout out to bertrand um, shout out to bertrand uh, but anyways, there's your paradox. Nice. So now you have a... I actually never... I was interested in that idiom that you gave me because I never knew that that was the description behind it. Cool. I'm glad I was able to enlighten you on that. Yeah. So there's your paradox, your idiom. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? No. Nah, I'm good. All right. Well, this was episode two. I'm prepared. Thanks for listening. Sweet. We'll see you guys in the next one. Cheers.